and seen. And now on Sky Atlantic, it's Brian Blessed's Subtle Performances, Episode 1. Okay, Brian, last scene for you of the film. I want you to really project the desperation and the, the quietness of your position. You're a commodity, you're an android that's been used up, your battery's used up, you're going to stop being. I want you to convey all that in your performance. The rain is coming down and it's time for you to say goodbye. I've seen things. Seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion, bright as magnesium. I rode on the back decks of a blinker and watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments, they'll be gone! And scene. The coaches aren't running. Your car has broken down. Your friends are caravanning in the far reaches of northern Scotland and cannot be reached. There are just far too many of you to thumb a lift. You are travelling predominantly over land, so ferries are simply out of the question. There's not a commercial airport within 100 miles of your departure or destination. When all else fails, try Southern Rail. Go on. What's the worst that can happen? And scene. Hi, friends. How are you? Hello, Herman. I'm pretty good, actually, mate. You've probably noticed I'm... Yeah, I... Looking a bit different. You do look a bit different. I see you've got a nice little moustache. Little moustache? Did you, not to the sides. No, just no, in the just, middle. Just Watch this. Li- Watch this. Little I'm gonna, being the operative. I'm going to turn slightly to the side. Oh. oh. Who, who do I look like? Oh my who god, do I, you look just like I, the Fuhrer! Everyone says that. Oh my gosh. Everyone says that and they are no prompting oh, at all. Wow. Everyone comes up to me and goes... on the moustache. That looks fantastic. They're like, you're the spit of the Fuhrer. You are the spit yeah, of I, Adolf. I, I almost had to stand to salute. I thought I thought he was here in the room. I'll tell you one thing. Come here. What was that? I don't want to shout about it. What, what? But the frows love it. I bet they do. Love it. He must have frows beating down your door. Oh, it's embarrassing. Obviously, uh, it's just... The best thing I've ever done is have this moustache. Best thing I've ever done. It looks fantastic. I I don't think this war could be going any better for me. Well, I mean, have you heard any of the news recently? I've been too busy. I suppose moustache like that doesn't doesn't take care of itself. You know, to keep it so tidy. I mean, it is. It really is top drawer. Hang on. It really is. Let me do the side profile again. Yeah. Oh, my Fuhrer! My Fuhrer! Look the arm. Look at the arm. Look at the the arm. Oh, you've got it. You've got it down to a T. That's fantastic. I've, I think this is my moment in life. I think I've finally, finally found the pinnacle. I, I, I just... I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but... Um, I doubt you, you can. If you, Well, if you had been listening to the radio and... Shh, and sorry. What, it's quite noisy. What? Yeah, that's what I wanted to tell you about. If you had been listening to more of the radio and less of the, less of the male grooming, 
You know the Allies invaded France recently, right? Yeah, they, probably they, miles away there. You know they landed on the beaches in Normandy, like a week ago. Okay. Did you not? Did you miss that? Not really been paying that much attention. British to and Americans everywhere. They're, the they're, little... they're ploughing right through. Yeah, I know it's fantastic. I appreciate what you've done, but who do I look like? They're about six miles away. What? The the the, the British and the Americans, the Allies. They're about six miles away. Is that bombs? That that shelling. That's not us. That's them. We're we're basically ready to surrender. Don't get wrong. We're, we're going to put up a bit of a show because obviously, if word gets out that we've just surrendered without putting up a fight, but it's basically game over I did wonder you, you've got a lot of your stuff packed yeah we yeah you know we'll fire the odd shot in the air but we're they're gonna they're gonna take us in the next few hours you know what I mean by, really? lun- by lunchtime we'll all have surrendered so have you packed everything that's that have you packed everything pretty much yeah I've just got my cigarettes and whatever but yeah pretty have, much have you packed all your toiletries yeah yeah, it's all it's all gone. The the, the you yeah. know the army vans they've all left. It's just us with you got a we've razor. got a few rounds and the odd Mauser, but razor. No, it? no, all that's gone, mate. So you got like scissors, like uh, I'd love to help you out. I've, Toenail clippers. I've basically got a got a gun and my helmet, and that's pretty much it. I know fashion changes pretty fast, but the old they were. I love it. I love it. But that that moustache might not go down quite so well with the occupying force. All right, last chance. Have you got a bowler hat and a cane? And scene. And now on Sky Atlantic, it's Brian Blessed's subtle performances, episode two. Okay, Brian. You know where we are, it's one of the most famous, iconic locations ever. But should you be here? Should you really be here at this time? Is this the right thing for you? Is this where you should be with your social stater? And, um, but here you are now with this this other person feeling this very sensual, very luscious feeling. It's a moment stolen away from the heavens and it's down with you now on earth. And just what do you say at this moment? Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls wearing this, wearing only this. Unseen. For God's sake, get me a double whiskey, give me a double vodka, and I'll have three tequila shots. All right, mate, all right, calm down, calm down, there's no rush. There is a rush, I've only got to 8.46. God, please, for God's sake, stop serving the cappuccino and the flat-pressed bacon panini. I need these four standards right now. I don't care if the warmer cost 18 pounds. For God's sake, help me. Just put the gin straight in the sippy cup. Pour it, pour it, pour it. More, more, more. For God's sake, make it a double. I've got to change it. Chichester. Southern Rail. You don't have to be inebriated to ride our trains. (laughs) But by golly, it will help. They're plums, John, but I think I've seen bigger. Uh, thank you, Trudy Fernbatch from the Royal Horticultural Society. And now here is Thought for the Day with the Right Reverend 
Dick Rouge. Dick. We've heard in the news today about the kind soul Michael Pittyman, who donated his good kidney to his lifelong best friend, Brian Merrifellow. Brian fought through the rehab, accepting the kidney, getting stronger every day as Michael began to struggle with the self-imposed limitations put on his life by only one half-functioning organ. Michael's wife, Kathy, was always there, albeit downstairs with Brian, waiting on Michael's calls from his sickbed. As she chatted and laughed with Brian, she continued to care somewhat for Michael, but she began to feel distant to him. As time went on, Michael's wife began to feel attracted to Brian and his newfound joie de vivre. Michael faded further and could eventually urinate only once a day, with the output beginning to resemble a ghastly ochre toothpaste as his struggling kidney began to fail, inevitably, evermore. Kathy and Brian, at the same time, completed their first half marathon, hand in hand across the finish line, raising some money for kidney research, but even more for Free and Bouncy, their local over-50s naturist trampolining society, of which they are both now avid members and co-founders. Alas, it was too late for Michael, who, shortly after the half-marathon, was moved into full-time austere residential care, where he had to suffer the indignity of having a semi-permanent catheter fitted and was subjected to daily dialysis just to cling on to what was left of his so-called life. Kathy and Brian, in the meanwhile, had fallen deeply in love. This story reminds me of the Bible, and in particular, the story of Judas. How you can love and trust someone completely, who then repays your kindness with cold-blooded treachery. I think Brian is a lot like Judas, really, and maybe we should all look at those close friends and think, who amongst you is the betrayer-in-waiting, the gove in your cabinet? The lesson Jesus teaches us is to never really trust anyone, but to take comfort in the fact that the treacherous scum will shortly be swinging from a nearby tree, whilst you, albeit in a slow and agonising death, will truly live forever in God's great kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Dick. Party balloons, a waste of good helium or just damn good fun. Jermaine Greer joins us from the radio car now to give us that acerbic feminist antipodean take on things, Jermaine. And scene. And now on Sky Atlantic, it's the subtle performances of Brian Blessed, episode three. Okay, Brian, it's a moment of mystery. Nobody knows what's going on. Which way is up, which way is down? Who is who in the story? I mean, there are hidden depths, and then you think, oh, it's him, but he's dead. Things are strange. You really don't know what's going on, and who, at the end of the day, is Kaiser Sose? Brian, your last performance has to reveal everything. It's over to you. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he did not exist. And like that, (laughs) he is gone. And scene. Come in, 0011. I've been expecting you. My name is Cristiano Del Carmen Bigwinkle. I'm Dr. Possibly's left and right-hand man. He's ambidextrous, you know. Bigwinkle? That's quite a mouthful. Please, call me Chris. We like to keep things informal here at Sphincter. 
sphincter. Yes, the Society for Pain, Hatred, Innuendo and Nastily Causing Terrible Yet Erotic Results. Innuendo, you say? Yes, there's nothing better than a deadly double entendre. Well, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Ha! Yes, quite. Your Russian counterpart, Double O Nietzsche, is ahead of you in the queue, I'm afraid. No, that's fine. Us British are good at waiting. Nietzsche, good to see you again. I haven't seen you since you took out those 200 armed security personnel with nothing more than a toothpick, our wits and a smile. Ah, Double O Eleven. How have you been? Yes, that was great. Good times. So are you here for a slow, elaborate and easy to escape from execution? Yes, yes. You know how it goes. This is my fourth this month. It comes to the territory, Nitch. Double O Nitch. Doctor possibly will see you now. Okay, thank you. See you again soon, no doubt, Double O Eleven. Wish me luck. Well, I guess I must have a good 20 minute wait ahead of me yet then. Any chance for skinny caramel macchiato with a creamy head? Enter. Next. What the? That's a little bit out of the box. Next. Doctor possibly will see you now, 0011. Uh, uh, right, yes, of course. I'll have to have that coffee another time, Chris. Pleased to meet you, 0011. Although our meeting will be brief. Well, I see you're another megalomaniacal narcissist. You're not not just going to shoot me, are you? Yes, of course. I want you dead. I have you in my capture. You are at my mercy. Why wouldn't I? Whoa, whoa. Evil geniuses can't just immediately shoot a spy. I mean, where's your credibility? What do you mean? Your predecessor, Dr. Procrastinator, would never have just shot somebody. I mean, he wasn't a charlatan. You mean my dead predecessor? whom I shot immediately. But, but you're supposed to drag this out, man, you know? Make it sporting. I really don't have the time. The eastern seaboard isn't going to destroy itself. Well, no, but the other evil geniuses won't take you seriously. You know the annual evil genius barbecue picnic is coming up in a couple of weeks? Yes, and I can boast about killing seven agents in half an hour. Yes, but where's the finesse? Where's the romance, the class, the sophistication? What do you mean? You're supposed to be an evil genius for crying out loud. Any damn fool can just shoot somebody. You mean like you shot my mother? Well, that that was different. After you seduced her and turned mummy against me. Damn it, I love Madame Portwinkle. She was the most vibrant and sexy septuagenarian I ever came across. Ha! <laughs> you know I love of deadly innuendo here at Sphincter. Well, I was in her innuendo. <laughs> no, really, stop it. This is serious. You shot my mother. Well... You shot her on her 70th birthday and then smarmily declared, much like a Bordeaux, when it comes to aged syphilitic prostitutes, you always prefer to 69. You're very much taking this out of context. Anyway, the point is, you can't just shoot an agent if you want to be taken seriously by the other evil geniuses. Well, how am I supposed to do it? I have a budget and a timeline to stick to. Yes, but the others managed to make these trophy assassinations? It's something of a badge of honour amongst your peers. Of honour? Well, I use the term lightly. Admitted, you are an inbred midget psychopath, born of a one-legged French whore and sired by a travelling coach party of mentally unbalanced Millwall fans. Even if you are the world's foremost authority on Tasmania, squirrel-headed earthworms. You flatter me, 0011, but now you shall die. Wait, wait, wait. You're seriously rushing this. You'll you'll be a laughing stock. Okay, convince me. How can I kill you more slowly? Um, well, you could cover me in cream cheese and lure me into a vat of hungry white mice. No, 
I'm lactose intolerant. Next idea. You could trap me in a watertight room with only a slowly dripping pipe and one woefully inept guard for company. You'd easily escape. Do you think me a fool? Well, two inept guards, then. One of whom is blind. You killed twelve highly trained mercenaries just breaking in here. And now you want me to have you guarded by the Chuckle Brothers? I know they're in your employ. I saw them at reception. They're on light duties only. Barry puts his back out again. One final idea, or it's time to meet your maker. Okay, how about this? You put me in a shallow hole in the ground, unshackled, unguarded, but at the mercy of a thousand ravenous Tasmanian squirrel-headed earthworms. You'd never survive! A thousand of those worms could devour a man's toenail in only two weeks. They'd eat you whole in a matter of years. It's the kind of death we both deserve. Deal. And scene. <laughs> Good morning, World Three. <laughs> no, no, yes, no, no, not yet with the meat. No, no, not yet. Okay, let it play. Let it play. <laughs> Good morning. No, no, stop, stop. <laughs> World Three. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still breaking her in. <laughs> so is the night porter, if the rumours are to be believed. <laughs> As you know, there's eight of you on this ward, and because of cold red restrictions, I've only got time to serve two of you. <laughs> Which means it's time for another exciting round of Dr. Freddy's Hospital Pass. And stop. So... Rules of the game! We have three rounds of general knowledge! <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, you all have your buzzers. Don't worry, the nurses at the station have been told to ignore them. <laughs> so any genuine medical emergencies will be overlooked for the duration of the quiz. <laughs> so, question number one! <laughs> I'm purple and swollen. And now explode in your mouth with a cacophony of flavour. <laughs> no, Nurse Gomez, I'm not talking about Pavel the Light Porter. No, not now, not the music, Nurse Gomez. Stop it, stop it. Yes, Mr. Smith, bed five. I'm in so much pain. Oh, Mr. Smith, I'm afraid that's not the right answer, so you're eliminated from today. I'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> if you're still here. Is it a juicy plum? Well done, Mrs. Dunlop in bed one. That is a correct answer. And stop. Question number two. <laughs> What's the connection between the gynecology ward and the character played by Arnold Blackman in James Bond's Goldfinger? Does Jesus want me for a sunbeam? Because I'm ready to come home now. <laughs> That's slightly off topic and more of a question than an answer, Mrs. Jenkins. <laughs> Let's hope the good Lord is more forgiving on giving away points than I am. <laughs> Guess you're plenty. Oh, that's strictly incorrect, but it's in the right spirit, so I'm prepared to give you that one, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> and stop. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're into sudden death. What? What's that? Sudden death? No, no, sorry, calm down, Mr. Smith. That was a poor choice of words on my account. All I mean is it's a tie-break situation. Um, we have one, one point for Mrs. Dunlop and one point to Mr. Johnson. So, the final question is... Guess you're plenty. 
No, Mr. Johnson, I, ha I haven't asked the question yet. I haven't asked the question. Calm down. So, ladies and gentlemen, the last question is... <laughs> what is the difference between an oral and a rectal thermometer? Guess you're plenty. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson. That is not the right answer. <laughs> you horny bastard. Is it the site of insertion? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Dunlop. That is not the correct answer. The answer I was looking for was the taste. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid there are no winners today. So I'll be back tomorrow morning for another exciting round of Dr. Freddy Fingerpuss's Hospital Pass! And scene.